How's it, everyone? Welcome to Let's Talk Digital with me, Audrey Naidu. On this podcast, you will find uniquely South African digital content brought to you from a local perspective across the industry. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Let's Talk Digital. Today, I have a very special guest in the studio. Her name is Nicole Shubb. She is the head of marketing and sales for Pineapple. Pineapple is a new fintech startup company that's been in the South African market um, over the last two years, disrupting the traditional insurance model. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Hi, Audrey. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's it's nice to um, actually finally get the opportunity to try this whole podcast thing. This is a first for me. So um, I couldn't think of a, a better topic to actually, you know, kick things off with. Yeah, especially in the given the circumstances that we faced with, um, I think it will be very interesting once we get down to the topic on what you have to say to our audience. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Uh, Nicole, before we start off with the actual topic, I'm very intrigued by your background. You started off in fashion design, then moved to consulting and brand and, and creative strategy at, at Dynamo before you got to Pineapple this year. Tell us about your journey. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I think just that one sentence alone sums up the fact that I am 100% a liker of things. <laughs> if there is something that I do not understand or I do not know or I'm slightly intrigued by, I, I tend to almost take a leap of faith and, you know, kind of venture into it, which is why to the average human that would seem like such a, a random sort of journey. Um, so let's maybe start from the beginning in terms of the, the, the fashion backing. I always wanted to study something creative and I guess the, the concept of fashion has always been interesting to me. Um, I think it's so interesting from a branding perspective as well, you know, being able to um, sort of create this persona or really reflect who you are as a person in the way that you look. I was actually at the time juggling between fashion design and geographical sciences, which is a, a bit random, but um, it was also a little bit of a, a difficult thing to, to motivate for. Um, so finally, with a lot of convincing and begging, I was given the green light to go and study fashion. So after um, studying that, I decided to go um, to Vegan and do my postgraduate in um, brand communications. From there, I took a little bit of a short left and went traveling. And it was quite funny because on my travels, um, I found this really random magazine company in Buenos Aires called Wicked Magazine. And they needed some assistance, everything from a little bit of graphic design to some PR. So I kind of helped them from that perspective. And that really grew my interest. And when I found myself back in South Africa, you know, I, I did a little bit of wardrobe for... Um, a year for the advertising and film industry. Then I, I kind of moved into this PR space. PR was almost like the ugly stepsister of advertising at the time. Um, you know, it, it was like this whole concept of paid versus earned, which I didn't really understand. You know, I, I'd always wanted to, to play in the, the digital space, but not just from a social media perspective. I wanted to understand full digital. I wanted to see it from the back end. I wanted to understand 
how brands actually can fully leverage digital, which kind of um, led me to iDynamo, where I, I got to play around on, on some brands. I was quite fortunate. I moved around quite a bit and internally there. I started off um, being the, the, the sole um, strategist on uh, Verizon, which is a performance platform that people might not necessarily know about. It's Yahoo and AOL. Um, and then from there, um, being slightly more, more creative uh, and visual and more of a visual communicator, I was moved over to um, lead the, 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 strat the creative strategy side from the Spotify and um, Snapchat perspective. And it's, it's quite funny because now that I've, I've taken the shift to an insurance brand um, and being on brand side, being quite interesting because I, I always said that if I was going to move out of the agency space, I was going to move to a brand that I really believe in. You know, and instead of um, trying to juggle multiple clients, I wanted to focus my energy on one brand that I could execute uh, well as close to perfect as possible. So that's kind of how I landed um, on the, the pineapple doorstep. So definitely a journey of self-discovery, okay? Hey? <laughs> 100%. Yeah. How did you find the jump from agency to brand side? That is such a good question. And it's a good question because I think there's a huge misunderstanding between people that work in an agency versus people that work at a brand, you know. And I guess at the time I was so naive in, in a sense of, you know, what actually happens behind brand doors and what kind of work happens behind those clo closed doors, you know. So it was, it was quite an adjustment, but just simply because it, it's also a lot of responsibility in a sense as well. And having to manage budgets and having to find how everything ties into the, the greater scheme of things is challenging and, and something that you don't always see from the agency perspective, you know, um, and coming from, you, you pitch these big ideas, you can't understand why brands don't necessarily have the appetite for those big ideas, you know, you, you pitch smaller ideas, but you know, at the end of the day, those ideas cost a brand money and you know, that they, they, they cost the, 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 the brand things like you have to consider, you have to take those ideas that are pitched or presented and you really unpack them and you say, cool, do they fit into um, the vision for the brand? Do they, do they meet the, the brand from this perspective? You know? And then I guess what we didn't understand from an agency perspective is you know, we, we couldn't understand why an idea got watered down or why an idea would have to be shifted into a, a different avenue or different parts of the business or why some ideas were just not feasible from a budget perspective. So it's really been an eye-opening experience for me. Um, what has been absolutely wonderful, though, is having the luxury and the time to dive so deep into the brand, to understand the way that it works and the way that it functions and the way that it moves and the way that it behaves, to actually give it the attention that it deserves, you know, and, and really do your best to apply that in, in every communication avenue that you have as the brand. So it's definitely been a journey. I think it's quite refreshing that somebody gets it because it's tough being on the <laughs> client side, right? Oh, my goodness. And everybody wants a piece of you. I, I think that is, that is what I've learned. You know, I, I think 
when you sit on the brand side, it's almost as though you have a dollar sign sitting on your, your forehead and everybody is screaming and fighting and shouting at you for that attention and for a slice of that pie. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Especially when you're popular on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. um, listen, so um, let's get down into the conversation for today. I mean, I, I'm following what's happening in the news in terms of COVID-19 especially in South Africa, and I've, I've recently seen uh, a stat that said over 80% of startups are expected to fail as a result of the recession. Um, and even high-quality startups are, are already having challenges um, in terms of how do they stay and uh, agile and survive and thrive during this um, this period. Um, how are you finding this challenge within Pineapple? It definitely is real. And I mean, probably the, the most eyebrow raising one for us is, well, actually was announced the other day was um, Yoko. Yoko um, is probably one of my, my favorite startups. And I just saw in the news the other day that they are retrenching people. And it's just a reality during this time, you know, Businesses are not able to function, you know, people are losing their jobs, people are getting um, like, which, which is a luxury. Uh, some people are getting paid, some people are not getting paid, some people are um, getting paid a reduced salary. So our financial landscape is so volatile at the moment. And probably one of our biggest challenges is we are an insurtech um, and our services do require people to pay. So one of our, our most obvious challenges that we're currently experiencing at this point in time is people are, are not able to pay for necessities, you know, never mind a, a service, you know, no matter how essential that service is. You know, we, we're seeing people, so although we don't deal with medical insurance or life insurance or or, you know, or anything like that. We're seeing people cancel those things because the, the reality is they actually can't afford those things during this time. You know, and a lot of people have had to relook at their finances and, and a lot of the subscription things that they are paying for as well are the, the first to go. So I must say, as a result, our, our sales have really slowed down as a result of it. Um, although what I can say, which is quite interesting, is despite the fact that we, we have seen, should I say, a, a decline in sales, we are still seeing a very slow but steady growth, um, which, is, which is interesting. Um, I would say also, uh, I think this is something that most marketers or most brands can relate to as well, is marketing has been such a weird thing at this point in time. Um, it's been weird. It's been interesting. It's also been exciting. You know, I guess it's especially for brands that are selling a product or a service. You know, it's a matter of how do you not be growth during this time? And how, how do you be empathetic, you know, during a, a time that is so sensitive? So I would say marketing has been a little bit of an interesting one for us um, and how we actually communicate pineapple during this time. So I have this theory that there's almost four things 
um, that a brand can really do during this time. And I mean, and, and most of them brands are not, brands will never be able to really tick all four of them. Um, the first one being, can you educate people on this, the situation? Um, as pineapple, no, we can't. We're not in the, the medical or, you know, health space. Um, can we, we keep people informed as to what is happening? No, we can't because it's not really our, our area of specialty. Um, can we entertain people? Yes, we, we can to a certain degree. And fortunately for us, um, I, I don't know whoever's interested can go and check it out, but um, emojis form quite an quite a essential part of the way that we communicate to our audience. So we've been doing our best to create some really fun emoji riddles, you know, and also um, to be empathetic. And, and the last point is, you know, can brands be empathetic? And, you know, and, and can they, they, they pay tribute or, or can they help people during this time? If yes, you know, I, I've seen some brands do that. We, we've also tried to be as empathetic and as helpful as possible during this time. So those are, I would say, been our, our biggest challenges. Well, it's a useful checklist for your brand because you're talking about context and relevance to your audience. Understanding that your audience is a millennial market and um, many people, like you said, are forced to um, take a reduction in salary in this market. So um, insurance products probably not their priority in terms of payment. Let's dig deep into um, who is Pineapple and maybe for people who don't know if you can create a little bit of context in terms of what is an insurtech, how do you fall into the fintech space? So um, that would really be helpful. Sure. How much time do we have? I could speak about Pineapple for the rest of the day. Um, so I'll try my best not to chew your ear off as well as your listeners' ears. But um, for, for context, for anyone who doesn't know who or what Pineapple is, Pineapple is an app-based insurance company, um, most often referred to as an insurtech, so a 100% fully digitized insurance company. Um, it was founded by three really cool dudes, Matthew Smith, or Matthew Elan Smith, um, and the Bentley Union Glube and Manus van Heerden. Um, and the, the, the concept for, for the app was really simple. It was how do we make insurance easy, affordable, personable, and accessible? You know, it, it sounds difficult, but we're going to get into a little bit because Pineapple is a really interesting brand in the sense that there, there's so many moving parts to the brand, you know, and there's so many things that, that make the brand so interesting and so unique. Probably the, the, the first thing I would like us to talk about is the fact that Pineapple has quite an interesting product offering in a sense that we offer short-term insurance. And we, we offer almost a, a customizable approach to short-term insurance. What do I, I mean by that is we offer insurance for your single items. And what do I mean by single items? I'm talking about insurance for your bicycle, you know, for your cell phone, for your laptop, for your headphones. You know, those items that really matter most. 
You know, um, and the reason why that's quite unique is a lot of people take a blanket approach or buy a blanket approach to insurance. You know, they'll buy something called home contents insurance and, you know, that covers you to a certain amount. And, and then if you, you really want to highlight some really important elements, you know, you have to almost checklist them with your insurer, you know, um, and that can become quite expensive, you know, so what, what, what's quite amazing here is, you know, and, and with our model and, and the way our pricing works, you know, and, and because we've taken this single sort of insurance approach, we're seeing items being insured for as little as one rand, you know, as, as like, I'll give you an example. I um, wanted to insure my AirPods the other day um, and I was quoted 18 rand. You know, so if, if you look at, if you remove yourself from the concept of taking a blanket approach to insurance and, and you take a, a single approach to insurance, you know, you're, you're really focusing on the items that matter most to you and especially the millennial audience that, you know, doesn't necessarily own a home as of yet, you know, or, or doesn't necessarily have that really juicy salary that, you know, a, a, a seasoned human being in their 35 to 50 year old bracket you know would have so it's really about saying okay cool what are those items that are really important to me and can i insure them yes and is that insurance affordable so that's our product offering as it stands at this point in time we also have quite a unique approach as to how we allow people to insure their items so um we are actually the the world's first camera first insurance company and what I mean by that is it is so simple to ensure your items. It's just a matter of downloading our app, opening the, cam the, the camera feature and snapping an, an image of, you know, the item you want to ensure. And the, and the rest from there is, you know, led by AI. So for instance, like I'll take a, a snap of my laptop, you know, and then the, the AI will pick up that it's a laptop and then all I will need to do is enter the, the, the value of that item. And then it, it basically works like a visual calculator. It will then take, you know, the, the algorithm will then take what that item is and actually quote me for it. And then literally I can tap a button to ensure it. That's how easy it is. And then lastly, as I mentioned, there's so many different moving parts to pineapple. Something is probably my favorite part about pineapple is it is actually based off of a peer-to-peer -peer model. Um, so from a social aspect, and for those of you who don't understand what peer-to-peer -peer actually means, is it's, it's people that come together to actually put money into a pot, and the money that goes into the pot is then distributed evenly amongst the audience. So let's break that down a little bit further. And, and the reason why I love it is because South Africans are so used to the concept of a stockpile, which is commonly what pineapple is actually referred to, you know, and, and it is exactly that where people come together, be it the community and they, they put money into this pot. And then anybody, for instance, who would suffer a death in the family or, you know, would, would need to pay for something, you know, the money in that pot would then go towards paying for that or hoping to pay for that. That is exactly how pineapple works. So when people join pineapple, they actually join the pineapple community and all of their premiums 
are so visible. And, and, and another point that I forgot to mention is, you know, which, which tackles the, the initial problem that the, the co-founders wanted to um, address is insurance has become, well, it's changing now, but insurance for a long time has been so non-transparent. You know, people pay, they don't understand where they, their money is going. They don't understand that the, the, the theory behind insurance is to actually help other people, you know, um, with their claims. And it's, it's just been the, the, this very non-transparent thing. As a result of, you know, the, the industry needing to scale, it, it lost that essence because I could never know what someone in Durban, for example, was insuring or what they were claiming for. And Pineapple wanted to change that. They wanted to take insurance back to its roots. And they really wanted to make it transparent again and actually help people understand what their premium is actually being used for. So what is quite interesting is, and, and, and hence like how Pineapple was actually formed. So what is quite interesting, when you join the Pineapple community, you get your, your premium goes into a wallet function, or should I say a wallet feature. And that wallet feature fluctuates, and that wallet fluctuates based off of people who claim, as well as people who join the community. If there was money left over in the pot, they would all get money back. It's the same concept with pineapple. If there's money left over in your, your wallet as a result of unused premiums, we give it back to the people. So it, it really is quite interesting. Okay, and uh, Nicole, I've read recently that you guys are looking into telematics. Is that true? So, you, you need to tell me who your sources are. <laughs> so, um, it, it's very interesting and um, we're not quite sure where it's, it's going as of yet, but we really are taking our, our time. And it, it's funny that, that you mentioned, um, you know, Discovery Drive because we've actually just launched you know, well, silently launched our, our motor insurance product, um, which we'll, we'll talk about um, in a bit. But we really are taking this time to actually, um, you know, create some USPs. For those that don't know what USPs are, unique selling properties um, around our actual, around pineapple, um, and how we can make it more appealing or how we can make it more beneficial. And also with that being said, we are looking at other ways in which we can start assessing risk. And the moment we start assessing that risk in unique and different ways, the more we're able to help people actually get more money back, should I say, or, or should I say pay? And, and when I say money back, you know, pay a lower premium but because their risk profile is good. Yeah, I think as a brand, actually what I'm hearing you saying is that you are a, a purpose-driven brand because underneath all of your decisions, you have a social responsibility back to people or back to society. That's very interesting. Maybe that's an opportunity for you to maybe amplify that more from a PR angle. It's so interesting that you, you say purpose-driven and, you know, people focus. That is literally maybe number one at the heart of our DNA. Um, and even when the actual idea was conceptualized, you know, um, the, the, the team is 
a, a massive advocate for design thinking and design thinking really is placing the consumer at the heart of everything that you do and all of the decisions that you make. And you're 100% right in saying that, that the more we can help people, which is 100% what we want to do, anything from ease of use, ease of access, ease of price, um, anything that we can do to help people, we, we want to do it. And we want to find a way to do it. I think that uh, that will hold you in good stead going forward because from research, we see more consumers are looking for brand with purpose that stand for something, you know, that want to give back to society, to communities. Um, I just want to touch on being a digital first brand. The fact that you guys are much more agile from, let's say, a traditional bank. Have you seen that work firsthand? It's been, man, it's been such an eye-opening experience for me, you know, um, it, especially being on the backside of it and being able to actually see what that means as well is crazy. So let, let's start with, I mean, just being app-based in itself is incredible. You know, I mean, the accessibility you give to people just from being app-based is amazing, you know. Being able and, and also the ease of use of that app is, is so essential. I mean, I'll give an example. We're always on, which is crazy. You know, people can literally insure an item. They can claim for an item. They can switch their insurance on and off. And, and, and that's really something that we wanted to do is we wanted to empower people enough and give them the tools to do those things themselves. And what is beautiful about it is that we have a team that is 100% online that is dedicated to customer services. There is a chat interface built into our app that you know our, our response time is absolutely incredible as a result of it. And it's been really beneficial actually in a sense during this time because of course being online already, you know, we can almost work from anyway, you know, so it's, it's, it's really been phenomenal from, from that perspective. I think something that, that, that's also been really great from being, you know, in this digital space is that, it, and also, okay, so context for you guys as well is we are about 50% dev. So like all of our dev work happens internally, you know, and I promise you, I, it's funny that we're actually having this conversation because the other day I actually took a moment to set, I was so shocked because the speed in which you can turn something around is insane. You can be reactive. You can, you know, you can literally, I, I mean, I'll give you an example. The other day um, we, had a, we had a conversation around something that we wanted to change in the app. Um, we we put together a basic concept we and a basic look and feel that was presented on friday we then took the, the weekend to almost develop what that that would look like from a, a creative finalization perspective it was presented on monday it was rolled out by cob on tuesday that is and insane i've never heard I, of that <laughs> so i promise you i, I promise you it, it's it's been so interesting and also our team is relatively small, which for me is such an advantage because 
when you when when an idea is pitched, it's pitched once, which is almost unheard of. You know, everybody is in everybody's in the room. You know, almost you, you, you come to a conclusion or you debate it and that conclusion is, you know, made in the same session, you know, and then, and then from there it's rollout, which is something that I, I'm not used to, you know, so it really was, and, and for, for these guys, it's business as usual, you know, and, and I really had to sit down and say, you guys are amazing. I don't think you understand mm-hmm. how long something like this would have taken in a, a traditional sense, you know, so it's it's really quite something i mean um, while while the most of the market's talking about digital transformation you are digital on steroids right we it's sometimes i must say it's a blessing and it's a curse i do not think you know everybody talks about agency being a fast-paced environment you know man i must say this is agency times 10 for me um, so it's really something that I, I haven't you know, ever quite experienced before. But also, man, like I must say as well, like some of, in terms of some of our other digital levers that we, that we have you know, in place is, I mean, like our, our camera functionality is, is so amazing for, for two reasons. You know, it's, it's not only a really functional tool for us when it comes to actually making the process easy and shaving off that time when it comes to someone getting a quote. I mean, think about it traditionally speaking. You would have to phone someone. You'd have to be on a call for hours. You, you know, and that's frustrating. You'd have to wait for emails. You'd, you'd have to wait for paperwork. You know, you'd have to fill in this paperwork, you know, and, and then, you know, only then, like, maybe someone would have to come and assess the item, you know. It, it's really, like, revolutionary in a sense of how rapid you can ensure something or you can actually buy something, you know. And it, it's just, and even from a, a claims perspective, so, and a fraud perspective, you know, it, it's not just a, a really cool feature. And, it, and when I mean it is a really cool feature, it's so fun to play with, you know, and it's so engaging and so personal, you know, I mean, it's, it's you, your phone and your items, and you can literally spend as little or as much time as you want exploring the, those features from there. Of course, like if, you know, and, and the beauty about that camera functionality is, you know, those items are crucial for us as well. Like it helps us understand that that item actually belongs to you. It helps us understand if you actually, you know, really do own, for instance, a MacBook Pro, you know, and also it helps us understand, okay, cool, we can see pre-existing damage to the item, you know, and, and that helps us from a fraud perspective. And, and what's quite amazing is this is just the beginning of this technology. You know, if you think about how far this can go, and um, I, I mean, something that's, that I'm really excited about, I mean, if we look at this from a, a car insurance perspective, you know, you can do all of this yourself. You can scan your car, you can scan your license plates, you can do your pre-inspection yourself. I mean, this is some, some really cool stuff, you know, some really interesting, innovative stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's awesome to see that people who work for a brand are as excited as you, Nicole. Oh, my goodness. I'm, 
Well, yeah. I can see you still in <laughs> awe of the brand, right? Oh my goodness. You know, it's just any person that, 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 you know, begins working for, for a brand. It's, it's like there, there's so many things to learn and to be learned, you know, and, and also something in the beginning might not click in terms of, you know, why this is something exciting or why this is something important. But the more you learn and the more you understand, the more you're like, wow, you know, and, um, and for me, insurance <clears throat> is such a, a weird place to begin with, you know, and it's, I mean, people, it's, it's a grudge purchase at the end of the day. And a lot of the marketing is rooted in fear, you know, um, your cell phone could get damaged, you know, um, insure it, you know, for instance. So it's really is this weird space that, that, that people are not too fond of. So it's really cool to be part of a brand that has a different approach or a different way, you know, and tries to get the consumer more involved. You know, it, it, it really, it really is different. Well, I would say you are a next generation digital brand because you're not actually operating within the normal. You are operating in the future. And that's where future brands are going to evolve to if you think about digital first brands. And there are a few of you in the market now that has sprung up, like Naked as well, is getting a very good reputation. Um, although your market is niched, it's going to come with time as people embrace and adopt mobile as their first point of call or first engagement platform with, uh, with brands. And those brands that, that are going to get it right they're going to be the winners of the future and capture that market share from traditional players. So I think it's quite an exciting space for you guys to be to play at. And from what you're saying is there's much more to come because I understand you guys are also growing uh, internationally. But for me, what's most exciting that you are homebrewed, um, you South Af uniquely South African, and now you can take the, the the story, the South African story, and share it with the rest of the world. One hundred percent, and I think I think it's 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 so great what you're saying there. And you know, something that's quite remarkable about pineapple is that it's got so much juice to it, and man, it. I just think I just think it's it's quite funny saying that you know considering our name is pineapple, um, you know, but and and the pun really wasn't intended, but it's just it's and and also what I love is it's not just South African first that pineapple has addressed. You know, there's a lot of world firsts that we we've addressed as well. You know, for instance, like being the first ever you know brand to initiate insurance through camera technology you know that's one and two we've also um created the, this really um interesting algorithm that we call nelson and nelson is really amazing because what it actually does is he's the reason well that algorithm is the reason um that payouts and and claims are distributed so evenly and fairly because what it does is it actually looks at each person, it assesses your risk based off of, you know, historical claims as well as, you know, your, your activity in the pineapple space. It also looks at your community 
uh, which, which is something that I forgot to mention earlier, is Pineapple is also a social, a social insurance brand as well. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have this ability to build an inner circle of contacts or people within the pineapple community that allow you to protect yourself against what is happening as part of the, the, the larger community. And what I mean by that is it's very difficult when you, when you join um, a, a social environment, you know, um, to, you, you don't really have control as to say, okay, cool. Like there, there, there could potentially be an, an experience of fraud or people could be claiming frequently or fraudulently or, you know, or, or negligently, you know, you don't really have control over that. But pineapple is so unique in the sense that it has this social element where you have the opportunity to build your own circle of trust within that community. And that circle of trust is often compiled of close friends, close family, their close friends, and their close family. And the more you build up your network, the more you actually build armor to protect yourself against what is actually happening outside of that. And, and that is really unique in itself. You know, um, and, and I think it's almost like if you were to, hypothetically speaking, look at pineapple, you would be looking at a haven, you know, of, of just people that behave well. And I think what is so amazing is, you know, the, the moment um, people start forming the, those groups, we're able to start assessing new ways and new behaviors that make people good risks, you know. And ultimately, I think that the aim for us is to get to a point where we can say, okay, cool, what more can we add that's apart from gender, age, you know, location, that, that will tell us that you're a good risk or that you're a bad risk. And that's innovative in itself because, you know, we want to get to a point where we stop looking at those superficial traditional things, you know, and we start looking at richer data that, that, that tells us, you know, that Nicole Shubb and her community are a good risk because of X, Y, Z and start applying that to the algorithm, you know. Um, also, what was quite interesting about that, that, that social component is you can almost immediately tell who is riskier or, or who is fraudulent because what we'll find is fraudulent characters won't necessarily adopt the social behavior or they'll adopt the social behavior with people that are also fraudulent, you know, so like a syndicate or whatever. So we'll often see, okay, cool, there'll be like these very rich, pulsating sort of um, good risk, should I say, circles or halos within the community. And then you'll see some really bad behavior. And then that is the opportunity for us to step in and remove those people from the community to protect the, the rest of the community. Well, that's a very clever way of prudently managing risk, but in a more creative, fun way. Um, and also, I see you applying the principles of neuromarketing very subtly, but you are. <laughs> Everything you're saying blows my mind, really, in terms of what this brand can offer and the future of it. So, I mean, um, you are a great ambassador to Pineapple. 
And um, I think if you guys carry on um, in this upward cycle, you're going to actually win in the end. So, um, Nicole, what would you like to leave our listeners with in terms of closing off? I always say that understanding the why is your most powerful tool always. You know, whether you're building a brand, building a strategy, conceptualizing an idea, you know, launching a new product, always start with why. And, and people always ask, you know, how do, we, how do we get to that point? Start asking questions. So, so that's point number one. Point number two, and I think it speaks so beautifully for this, this COVID-19 situation we're facing now, is anything can happen. Change is inevitable. I think that what we're not equipped for is whether or not it's sudden or whether it's gradual. We need to learn how to adapt. We need to be nimble enough in order to do so. And I guess like, how do we, how do we actually get to that point, you know, or how do we, how do we actually adapt? And I find that if there's anything that I've learned, pause before you react. Try something new. Learn how to fail. And learn how to be okay with failing. My last point is data. Go back to your data and let that help guide your decisions. Because the numbers don't lie. And and I honestly do believe this. If you want to be a better marketer and you want to get closer to your customers, get closer to your data and truly understand what that data is telling you about those consumers. Now, some really wise words coming from you, Nicole. So thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much, Audrey. I really, really enjoyed myself. Okay, take care. Thanks for tuning in today. A massive shout out to all my remote listeners. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Don't forget to follow my Instagram handle, TalkDigitalZA. Send us your feedback. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.